men and women are so very different. In first grade, we discover the God-designed difference between boys and girls. Most girls aren't quite as excited about frogs like boys are. And then in our teen years, all that difference is amplified. When a guy goes to youth camp and sees another guy wearing the same shirt, immediately they're bros. But when a young lady walks out of the dorm wearing the same shirt that another young lady walks out of the dorm wearing, they both got from Sheehan. They both run back into the dorm and change and come back out, and they're wearing another matching outfit, and immediately they're enemies. Women can tell you the difference between scarlet, salmon, barn red, imperial red, ruby red, chili red, firebrick red, maroon, burgundy, oxblood. Men? Oh, we just say, it was red. Unless you're a Buckeye fan like me, and then everything is scarlet. But God made men and women to be very different. Which is one reason having a happy, holy marriage and keeping a happy, holy marriage, happy and holy, takes work and a heaping helping of understanding. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Have a Happy, Holy Marriage on Simplify. Marriage is designed to be a reflection of God's love for us. So surely, our marriage vows have to be stronger than just, I won't cheat. So what are the safeguards? It isn't God's will for us to barely stay married and keep from breaking his commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. How can we keep our marriages strong and keep them from the dangers and the ravages of adultery? First and best, protect your marriage through daily devotion. One of the strongest moves you can make in your marriage is to have a daily devotion with God. Each morning, the lovely Andrea and I have our devotion. We read our Bibles and we pray. Sometimes in the middle of those times, the girls join us and we have our devotion all together. And most of the time, though, because of our schedules, we have devotion at different times in different places. Her place is the living room. Mine is the family room. That's where we get alone with God. But we both have our devotion. We talk with God and we hear from Him. And that's where God lets me know if I snapped at my family or if I need to lighten up a little bit. Many times I've apologized to the lovely and to my daughters after devotion because God convicted me for what I said or how I said it. We still need to have conversations where we talk through conflict, but some of those are already solved when we are on our knees before God. Some of you may not be comfortable praying out loud with your spouse nearby, and that's okay. You can try this, turn on some worship or instrumental music, and you can pray and not worry about your spouse hearing what you're praying. It's very difficult to have fantasies for another person when you're praying each day near your husband or wife. But if you're still not comfortable praying out loud near your husband or wife, just pray. Pray in a different room, pray at a different time, but make sure you have time with God where you can talk with Him and He can talk with you. And as you individually draw closer to God, you will automatically draw closer to each other. For those of you who are not yet married, this is a great opportunity for you to pray for your future spouse. If God wills for you to be married, pray for God to protect him or her, keep him or her. Pray for God to lead you to him or her and ask God to watch over them to help them be the spouse that they are going to be to you and help you be the spouse you are going to be to them. Be very careful, married or unmarried, with your relationships with members of the opposite sex. When I teach youth pastors, I tell them never, ever, 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 ever be alone 
with someone of the opposite sex. That means don't be in a room by yourself and don't be on a jog by yourselves. The more time you spend alone with somebody, the more tempted you may be to be attracted to them. And if you start to have feelings for them, you shouldn't feel. You need to talk to somebody. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your pastor. Talk to a trusted mentor. Tell somebody that you're battling so they can help you fight this battle. You are just beginning to fight. If you're in ministry or you're in leadership and you're meeting with somebody of the opposite sex, safeguard your reputation and theirs. If your spouse can't join you, take someone else with you. If nobody can be with you and this is a professional setup, such as a job interview or maybe a counseling session, make sure you have it in an open place with windows or doors or if it is in a counseling session and it needs to be confidential. Confide in your spouse or pastor or mentor and let them know that you're going to be meeting with somebody and you want them to keep you accountable to make sure you don't cross a line that you wish you had never crossed. And be very careful if you find yourself attracted to that other person. If you're already married, be very careful and confide in somebody and ask them to help you. I travel quite a bit throughout the year to preach in other places, and many times I find myself sitting on an airplane right next to a woman. And you know airplanes, they're not exactly known for being overly spacious. Or a woman waits on me at a restaurant or cuts my hair in a salon. And I do my best to be kind, but I don't want her to think I'm flirting. So many times I lead with a story about Andrea and the girls. She says, oh, well, I have a Cocker Spaniel, German Shepherd, English Mastiff mix. And I say, oh, that's great. My wife and daughters, we have this little 10-pound bundle of fur named Bingo. You want to see any photos? I want to be kind, but I don't want her to think I'm flirting. So I, I let her know immediately I'm happily, joyfully married. My wife and daughters are waiting for me at home. One of the most common atmospheres for adultery is at work. When a woman in the office shows admiration for a man or a man in the office shows attention to a woman, you could be sowing the seeds of adultery. And before they know it, they're attracted to each other and they don't know how to escape from that attraction. Admiration and attention outside of marriage can be deadly to a marriage, especially if admiration and attention are absent in marriage. If your marriage has become stale and you find yourself annoying each other on every day that ends in why, be very careful you don't look for affirmation and attention from that lady or gentleman at work. You've got to build boundaries. Build them at work. Don't call or text or email anything personal to each other, anything intimate. Don't share those details about your life with your colleagues. Keep your professional life professional. And if you feel like you've crossed a line or are about to cross a line, don't battle this alone. Let your spouse or somebody to whom you're accountable know about it. Keep your guard up especially at work. Dress modestly. A sage soul said, modesty is a gift we give to each other. When we dress modestly, especially around people of the opposite sex, we help preserve God's gift of sexuality. And remember, sex is between a husband and wife. We do our best just by what we wear to help preserve modesty so we don't invite somebody to think of us in a way they should not. Husbands, be sure to compliment your wife on how beautiful she is. Don't chip away at your marriage foundation by commenting on how beautiful you think other women look. Be careful what you watch, read, what you listen to. An article from Huffington Post asked, Why is TV so obsessed with extramarital relationships? It's because TV paints marital relationships as boring and predictable, but extramarital relationships are scandalous and exciting and scintillating and dangerous. Well, they're right about one thing. 
extramarital relationships are dangerous in every way they can be. We must be careful what we allow to influence us and our view of marriage, this happy, holy matrimony. We must be careful, especially online. The most common place for adultery in Jesus' sense is pornography on the internet. Pornography destroys trust and arouses desires that just cannot be met. Women and men both fight this battle. But when pornography is finished, pornography frustrates the husband and wife because they can't satisfy each other and they can't trust each other. It paints people as objects just to satisfy a desire. But the woman, the man on the screen, is actually somebody's daughter or son, sister or brother, maybe even wife or husband in real life. Safeguard your online life. The best way to do so is through an online filter like Covenant Eyes. Put a filter on your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on your streaming account. And if you're losing the battle to pornography, pray for God to give you an accountability partner you can be honest with. There's no shame in accountability. In fact, there's safety. Ask somebody of the same sex to be an accountability partner, to pray with you and fight for you, to check in with you from time to time. Just let them know if you're struggling or if you've been tempted and you together can fight. Perhaps the best way to keep your marriage from adultery is to keep your marriage strong. Strengthen your marriage by spending time with one another. Play board games. Go on walks. Go get ice cream. Go on picnics. Go shopping. Play tennis. Go to dinner. Go to a park. Ride bikes. Spend time with each other. Date one another again. If it's been a while since you've gone on a date, find a babysitter and go on a date. In fact, build in one date day or date night each week, even if you have to bring the kids along. Spend more quality time with your wife, and you want to spend less time with someone else's. Men and women are so different, and so are our roles in marriage. That's why Paul said in Ephesians 5, Husband, love your wife. Wife, respect your husband. But that's a little bit odd, isn't it? You don't see that card in Hallmark. I respect you. You think Paul would tell the wife to love her husband, but he tells her to respect him. Because women need love, men need respect. Love comes naturally to women, but respect not as easy. Respect comes naturally to men, but love not as easy. Dr. Emerson Egrich wrote a great book called Love and Respect. Paul was telling us to work on the areas where we need to work. This principle can save you thousands of dollars in marriage counseling and save you from reading thousands of pages in marriage books, although they're good. Here's the key to a happy marriage. Meet each other's needs. Husband, love your wife, even if your wife doesn't respect you. Wife, respect your husband, even if your husband doesn't love you. The same God who brought you together at the altar where you exchanged vows to love, honor, and cherish will help keep you together and keep you stronger through all the mortgage payments and car repairs and doctor visits, if you will walk with him. And while you're at it, take a walk with your husband or wife. Draw closer to God. Draw closer to each other. That's the secret to holy matrimony. I want to pray for God to help every one of our couples. Our marriages, our families are under attack. And I want to pray that God would help protect and preserve our marriages. I also want to pray for all of our young people and young adults, teenagers, who one day, if Jesus hasn't come back yet, and I hope for your sake, you'll get to enjoy the wonderful privilege of happy, holy matrimony. But if he hasn't come back yet and you will get married, I hope this episode will 
remind you of some things that you want to work on as you make your vows to him or her. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving us this beautiful relationship in marriage. I ask you, Lord, I plead your precious blood over every marriage, every husband and wife who may be battling right now, who's struggling right now. God, I ask you to help them in the name of Jesus. Bring us closer to you. Bring us closer to each other. Minister in our marriages, Lord. Our husbands need your help to love our wives. Our wives need your help to respect their husbands. I'm asking you right now that you would protect our marriages. Help us to see what you see and what you are calling for us to do and to be within our homes, within our marriages. I pray for our young people, our young adults, who have not yet been married but one day will be. I ask you to help them to keep these principles in mind. Help them, Lord, to love one another, respect one another, draw closer to you, draw closer to each other. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for your help in every one of our families. Strengthen our families, strengthen our church families. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Muchísimo gracias, Simplify listeners. That was Spanish with a bad Italian accent. Hey, be sure to follow, subscribe, like, share. You won't miss an episode. None of your friends will either. Also, head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. Pick up the devotional that launched this podcast, Simplify, or 10 Words, which is where this content for this particular series of the 10 Words, 10 Commandments, have come from. You can pick all of that up at PentecostalPublishing.com and use promo code SIMPLIFY, save 10% off of your entire order. Next week, we're going to continue. We're almost at the end of these 10 words, and then we're going to pick up from the Mount Sinai, and we're going to keep on marching toward the promised land. But next week, I'm going to share with you the eighth word, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.